History, economics, the great works of literature, the meaning of the U.S. Constitution. Did you study these things in school? Probably not. Or even if you did, like I did, maybe it's time for a refresher. Time and technology have changed a lot of things, but they have not changed basic fundamental truths about the world and our place in it as America. That's why I'm so excited that Hillsdale College is offering more than 40 free online courses in the most important and enduring subject. You can learn about the works of C.S. Lewis, the stories in the book of Genesis, the meaning of the U.S. Constitution, the rise and fall of the Roman Republic, or the history of the ancient Christian church with Hillsdale College's online courses, all available for free. That's right, you heard me, for free. You don't get anything free in the Biden economy today. I personally recommend you sign up for the American Citizenship and its Decline. It's with my good friend, the great historian, Victor Davis Hanson. In this eight-lecture course, VDH, as I like to call him, explores the history of citizenship in the West and the threats it faces today. Threats like the erosion of the middle class, the disappearance of our borders, the growth of an unaccountable deep state, and the rise of globalist organizations. The course is self-paced so that you can start whenever and wherever. So start your free course, American Citizenship and Its Decline, with my good friend, Victor Davis Hanson, today. How do you do that? Go right now to hillsdale.edu slash justnews to start. It's free and it's easy to get started and it's an easy URL to remember. All you got to do, go to hillsdale.edu slash justnews. One more time, hillsdale.edu slash justnews. America, happy Thursday, and welcome to the latest edition of John Solomon Reports, a podcast from Just the News. We've got a great show for you today. We're going to stay focused on the war in Israel, Hamas, on the defensive for the first time as Israeli forces continue to pound the Gaza Strip and begin to prepare for a ground invasion to eliminate all Hamas leaders. That is the goal, according to Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. We've got a great show for you today. We're going to kick the show off with former UN Ambassador, former National Security Advisor John Bolton. He has long warned of this moment of Iran using Hamas as its proxy to fight a war against Israel. And he's going to bring us up to speed on both what he thinks happened, what he thinks of the Biden administration's reaction to it, where this goes next, and what are the long-term prospects for creating a more peaceful alignment in the Gaza Strip that would allow Palestinians and Israelis to coexist more peacefully than they've done under the tenure of Hamas and before that, the PLO, the Palestinian Liberation Organization. So John Bolton will kick us off at the top of the show. We're going to stick with another great national security advisor, former Deputy National Security Advisor Victoria Coates will join us in the second block. She has a lot of thoughts about why Saturday's attacks happened, what the Biden administration has done and why it was so slow, like for the president to come out and repudiate him, at least in public. He spent more time at a barbecue and being interviewed by prosecutors than he was talking about the world crisis that really had everyone gripped over the weekend. Victoria Coates will handicap the whys, the whats, the whens, and give us some great insights into where this crisis goes. And also China, Russia, and all the other great world issues that are at our doorstep this moment. And then this morning, I had a really important story about a Afghanistan deja vu moment. That's right. Deja vu all over again is the great New York Yankee catcher, the late great New York Yankee catcher Yogi Berra once joked. Of course, that's a double entendre, but there is no doubt that the United States government, State Department, has been incredibly slow to lead the evacuation of Americans who want to flee Israel amidst all the Hamas violence. Remember, Hamas terrorists were hunting down to either capture or execute Americans and Israelis, and the State Department had no plan, not on Saturday, not on Sunday, not on Monday, not on Tuesday, not even on Wednesday. And as you heard yesterday from Congressman Mike Lawler and Congresswoman Harriet Hageman, Congress is mortified and angry and pressing for the State Department to get a plan and to create some form of evacuation route for Americans seeking a way out of their country. Now, that's kind of important because just a few short months ago, I believe it was in May of last year, the After Action Report that the Biden administration released on Afghanistan promised, first it acknowledged that they had failed to get an evacuation plan done, an early evacuation plan, and they promised to get it right, to do it better. In the very next crisis that flowed, 
the Hamas war in Israel, the State Department was in the same predicament. And so today, in the third block, I'm going to give you a personal firsthand account from someone who was trying to flee Israel, but couldn't. That's right. They couldn't flee Israel. They tried, but their American flights were canceled because U.S. carriers ended their flights in and out of Israel as soon as the violence started. They called the State Department and were told, pound sand. Eventually, they got out on an Arab airline. In fact, an Arab airline that only began flying to and from Israel as a result of the Abraham Accords that President Donald Trump affected during his presidency. Yitz Friedman, former congressional staffer, current communications manager for a nonprofit in Washington, he's going to tell us the story of how his honeymoon to Israel with his newlywed wife went awry and how frustrating it was to not be able to count on your own U.S. government, the State Department, the embassy in Israel to help you out. Now, today, after all the pressure from Congress, after six and seven days of criticism, much like what we saw in Afghanistan, there is a belated effort. And a lot of the people are now able to go out on a website and fill out a request for private transportation out of there through the State Department. And there are some conservatives out there raising a big stink about this thing. Oh, my God. Guess what? They are making these people sign a promissory note to repay the flight fees that the State Department has evacuating them. And I I know that sounds maybe shocking to people. And when you think about the fact that there are taxpayer-funded nonprofits that are giving free trips for illegal immigrants to fly around the United States, it feels even more stinging. But the truth of the matter is this arrangement, this policy is not new. It has existed under President Trump and under President Obama and under President Bush and under President Clinton. It's been around for several decades. The truth of the matter is the State Department has always, in the instance of evacuating Americans from a foreign country at taxpayer expense, they always have had a promissory note arrangement that you agree to pay it back when you can. And so this isn't an anti-Israel moment. Now, some people can argue and say, do we really want that? Do we really want people making a choice between do I pay this back or get killed? I don't know the answer to that because some conservative media are overstating this and making it sound like this is something specific to Israel and to American Jews. It's not. It's been around for a long time. Many, many people fleeing countries from Africa to Afghanistan and others had to sign the same document. That is just the policy. If people want to change it, they can. But it's not fair to criticize the Biden administration suggesting, as some conservatives had, that this was a policy specifically designed to ding American Jews, ding American Israelis for money when none is not. There is a good and meaningful contrast with that and the illegal aliens that get moved around the country free of charge. But at least in this case, it's not an aberration. It is a continuation of a policy. And people are going to debate whether the policy is right. But that is what it is. All right. A couple of quick other headlines today. Senator Bob Menendez was hit with a superseding indictment. This time, he's accused of acting as an unregistered foreign agent for Egypt. Now, that's understandable, given the allegations. And in fact, it was not even unexpected. But I want to remind everybody that when you go back and you look at the documents that James Comer and Chairman Jason Smith and others have put out from the Hunter Biden case, the FBI... And the IRS and others believed that Hunter Biden was also acting as an agent and maybe had a requirement under the Foreign Agent Registration Act to register, and they never charged him. The application of FARA seems to be very uneven and impractical. And I think a lot of people, including Senator Grassley, have been warning about that for years. The contrast between Hunter Biden and Bob Menendez, a, a pretty good example of that. All right. Another headline that is getting a lot of attention. I don't want it to go unnoticed. Gavin Newsom, he's starting to look more and more like a moderate all of a sudden. Yes, he has swerved to the center and vetoed a whole bunch of legislation that the Democrat legislature had sent him, liberal agenda items, one by one by one. He's been vetoing them all of a sudden. That swerve to the center, that rejection of liberal policies that a few years ago he was embracing. Well, it has a lot of people thinking maybe he's going to jump in late to the Democratic presidential race and take on Joe Biden or even replace Joe Biden on the ticket. I don't know whether that's true or not, but we will see today at least the trend line of the centrist move of Gavin Newsom clearly, clearly making an impact in politics. A lot of people. And then there's one other good story. I broke the first part of this yesterday on Just the News, and then my good colleague Stephen Richards followed up this morning. Yesterday, James Comer put out new information that Joe Biden did not discover his documents in November 2022, though classified and other documents 
that were supposed to have gone to the archives and didn't. He discovered November 22. That's been the story we in Congress have been given. They discovered them first in March of 2021. Now, they didn't know whether they were classified or not, but they knew that there were presidential records from the Obama presidency in Joe Biden's possession. That is 18 months earlier than we knew. And Stephen Richards points out a very important aspect to this revelation, which is that means the Biden White House knew for a whole year before it sicked the FBI on Donald Trump for a similar document retention problem that it had its own problem. And of course, it makes us think about were the Democrats trying to project on Donald Trump a sin they already knew they had in their closet, the skeleton in their closet. That's a pretty good question. And Stephen Richards explores that in a headline story called White House knew Biden had his own document problem before sicking FBI on Trump. New timeline shows we're going to have James Comer on the show this week and maybe as early as tomorrow. So we'll ask him about that in so much more. I think that will be a really great opportunity. And one last thing, Republicans are nowhere near picking a speaker. Scalise obviously got the nomination, got the most votes, but they're far from the 217 needed to win the speakership. And so that drama plays out in Capitol Hill. We'll keep you up to date on all of those developments over the next few days. All right, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, John Bolton, former U.N. ambassador, former national security advisor to Donald Trump, up first on the show. We'll have that right after these messages. Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out higher than expected again, just like we've been predicting. Friends, this isn't going away anytime soon. It can't. The U.S. is $34 plus trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher, whether it's at the grocery cart or at the gas store. So, You can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. All you got to do to get started, text Just News to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation. The way to do it with gold. All you got to do to get started on that journey with my good friends who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group. Text Just News to 989898 right now. Hey folks, it's John Solomon here. Today, I want to shine a light on AMAC, an organization who's dedicated to America's seniors, but is vital for conservatives of all ages. AMAC stands out by not only advocating for senior issues, but also by pushing for conservative values that affect us all. By joining, you're not just supporting our senior citizens, you're part of a movement defending the freedoms that made this country great and to ensure that we secure our nation's future. Plus, membership brings you exclusive benefits like discounts on travel, dining, and entertainment, and of course, special insurance rates, one of the things I like. Regardless of your age, if you're driven to preserve freedom, AMAC welcomes you. This is about uniting youthful vigor with the wisdom of experience and our quest to keep this country great. Sign up now for amac.us slash justnews. And for a limited time, you get a free gift membership for someone else who shares your love for our great nation. Don't miss out on this chance to make a difference from AMAC. Join today at amac.us slash justnews. That's amac.us slash justnews and extend the invitation to a friend or family member for free. What a great opportunity. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. At the top of the show, I talked about how Americans need to view what happened in Israel as a proxy war with Iran. And our next guest has been warning that this was going to happen for a long time. And in fact, that we've been engaged in that proxy war for a long time. He's the former ambassador to the United Nations, the former national security advisor. He is Ambassador John Bolton. He joins us right now. Mr. Ambassador, good to have you back on the show. Glad to be with you. A lot of people are wondering, all right, why did this happen and what's next? And I think those are two very big questions. But you have warned for a long time that Iran was going to use Hamas, Hezbollah as their proxies to wage war against Israel and the West. That moment came in a big way this past weekend, didn't it? It certainly did. You know, this uh, strategy that Iran is pursuing uh, was the the brainchild of Qasem Soleimani, uh, former head of the Quds Force that uh, was sent to an early uh, exit in January of 2020. Uh, he had been instrumental in creating uh, the Shia militia in Iraq, many of which have targeted Americans uh, dur- during the course of the 
of their presence there. The, the Quds Force helped organize Hezbollah. And Soleimani's idea was just to completely inundate uh, uh, Israel with pressure from these terrorist groups and, and from Iran's effort to get nuclear weapons. Uh, they, uh, the, the IRGC, the Revolutionary Guards, have supplied Hamas and Hezbollah over decades with enormous quantities of weapons, rockets, drones, uh, 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 firearms, ammunition, but whatever you can imagine, plus additional financing uh, to support their infrastructure, plus training on, on all kinds of uh, weapon systems. They didn't do that to allow Hamas or Hezbollah to act when Hamas or Hezbollah wanted to act. They did it so that they would act when Iran wanted it to happen. And uh, just almost to the day, the 50th anniversary of the Yom Kippur attacks on Israel in 1973 right. caught Israel by surprise. They did it again. The result will be the same, but obviously it's been a tragedy for the people of Israel and, and uh, including many Americans who, who were killed over there as well. That is the fundamental strategic reality. This was an Iranian attack on Israel through the surrogate of Hamas. So obviously people are focused on the Gaza Strip right now. I understand that. It's entirely appropriate. But thinking long term, uh, as Al Haig used to say, you know, go to the source. If you want to stop the terrorist threat to Israel uh, and to the United States from Hamas and Hezbollah, uh, ultimately you've got to deal with the regime in Tehran. Yeah. And this administration has done backflips to try to suggest, oh, Iran had nothing to do with this. Well, uh, even... The Hamas leaders are saying, oh, no, Iran sanctioned this. They, they helped us out. Why is it and what are the perils of the Biden administration for continuing to try to pretend Iran's not in here? It's going to be pretty obvious to the American people that argument's not going to fly. Yeah, look, uh, one of the main obsessions of the Biden administration's foreign policy is to find a way to get back into the Obama administration's 2015 nuclear deal with Iran. That deal it, it was badly flawed, even assuming Iran didn't violate it. But as you can imagine, Iran violated it and took what was a bad deal and made it a worse deal. Uh, and it hasn't gotten any better with age, but Biden has been determined to get back into it. So if the Biden White House had to admit the, the reality that Iran was uh, was giving authority, direction, control, not to mention the resources to Hamas here, then they'd have to do something about it. That would mean really enforcing the sanctions that are still in place after the Trump administration withdrew from the nuclear deal and put the sanctions back on. Uh, under the Biden team, the, the sanctions have been uh, very laxly enforced. Iran has oil exports now almost up to the level they were before the sanctions were reimposed in 2018. It's unbelievable. Uh, and we're increasingly finding that there may well have been an Iranian influence operation working within the United States government. It's a very underreported story, but uh, good work has been done by Iran International, Semaphore, other reporters yes. to bring this sort of thing to people's attention. The, the Biden administration has stonewalled congressional efforts to find out exactly what was going on. When you look out now over the last few days, there are many warning signs that America has some concerns that maybe something's going to happen here. Obviously, there was a former Hamas leader that called for this Friday, tomorrow, Friday the 13th, to be a day of reckoning and action and talked about bloodshed both in America and in Israel. New York NYPD officers have been ordered to their off vacation in PTO and to be available for the immediate future. Joe Biden made a passing reference to concerns on our land. And then there was a bolo issued for Jordanian men making one-way tickets at purchases at the last minute that uh, Customs Border Patrol. Should we be concerned based on the events of the last week and some of the soundings of Hamas leaders that the mainstream media aren't covering that Iran might want to strike Americans as well? No, I think that's absolutely right. I mean, uh, they they call Israel the little Satan. They call us the great Satan. Uh, it may not happen this weekend, but it's coming. I mean, I think there's a we'll have to watch very carefully of uh, attacks inside the Arab world. Uh, uh, I think the situation for Americans uh, in the immediate neighborhood of of these attacks is is uh, dangerous. I I've been told our Embassy in Lebanon has closed and ordered uh, or advised Americans to get out of Lebanon. I haven't seen much attention to that. But if uh, uh, if the uh, the propagandists from from Tehran and and from Hamas and Hezbollah 
uh, do their work effectively, there could be trouble all across the Middle East and spreading uh, into Europe as well as the United States. So one of the goals, it would seem, of Iran, and I just saw this wonderful interview you did, is to maybe draw the United States directly into the conflict. That would probably require some Hezbollah and perhaps both in Lebanon and Syria starting to attack Israel on other fronts so that Israel's in a multi-front war. Is that a real possibility? And how should the United States respond if that begins to become the uh, the reality? Well, I think it's certainly a scenario that the Israelis ought to be worried about. I mean, you can ask, well, if it was Iranian-directed, why didn't Hezbollah attack simultaneously with Hamas? It's a, it's a fair question. I think it's an indication. We don't yet know the strategy. We haven't discerned it. Uh, th- this could simply be a test, of, uh, a large test for uh, for Iran, or it could be the predicate of, of something longer. I, I think the best judgment we can make is that we're in very early days here. I think, number one, the Israeli retaliation in Gaza is going to take a pretty extended period. This isn't a day or two operation. Right. And I think that gives Iran, uh, that that will help guide what Iran's judgments are. But I think they believe that uh, that, uh, that that the situation in the Middle East was turning against them rapidly that the Arab states were growing closer to Israel, uh, even as they moved away from us because the the Gulf Arabs think that the Biden administration is so feckless. So I think Iran thought this was was the right time, 50th anniversary of the Yom Kippur War, to try and just uh, spread uh, disruption and chaos in the region. They've certainly succeeded in Israel in the near term. Yeah, there there is no doubt, and uh, and people here Hamas obviously they already associated with terrorism, but Hezbollah really is the big leagues of terrorism, right? They have more resources, more training, and they're more directly capable of long term warfare. Is that a good assessment that Hezbollah is maybe the major leagues of the Iranian terrorist groups? Absolutely, they've got a real military capability. I mean, it, it puts uh, uh, Hamas in the junior varsity, and and while we've seen just in the past four. Days, uh, thousands of missiles fired from Gaza by Hamas into Israel. Uh, uh, you know, sit down when you hear these numbers, but uh, public estimates have uh, Hezbollah's missile arsenal at over 100,000. So the order of magnitude here, if Hezbollah really unleashed, uh, is uh, would just just show this to be the opening gambit in in Gaza as tragic as terrible as horrific as it's been uh, Hezbollah is the more serious force and look this is ideal from Iran's point of view they're using right. Hamas as cannon fodder uh, and they would do the same with Hezbollah they're they're not suffering any casualties in Iran it's Israel that's being so badly hurt. Is there at this moment a growing will among Democrats? Republicans are pretty unified that we need stronger action in Iran, that given the $6 billion doing the prisoner trade wasn't a great deal. The oil that you mentioned is even a bigger cash flow. I think the cash reserves of Iran have gone from $4 billion when the Trump administration left office in January 2021 to something like $70, $75 billion. That's all on Biden's watch, so they've become cash flush. Do Democrats, are you starting to see some sign that Democrats are breaking from Biden and wanting more action against Iran? Well, I think they're breaking in two directions. I definitely think there's some, um, uh, even Chris Murphy of Connecticut, who who said it's unquestionable that Hamas wouldn't even exist today without support from uh, from Iran. On the other hand, you have the Progressive Caucus, the squad, and and uh, up to a hundred people in the Progressive Caucus uh, who are moving in the other direction. And uh, so I think it's uh, the media doesn't like to report on tensions and disarray within the Democratic Party. Certainly, they've got plenty to report about the Republican Party. But on this issue, this could be a real uh, sharp dividing point for the Democrats. I think could could leave Biden. Uh, uh, without much maneuvering room. Yeah, I think you're right. There's definitely signs on both sides of that debate. You mentioned a little bit about the influence operation. There are some really troubling things. Jay Solomon, not related to me, but I've always admired his reporting, really laying out both the potential inside the special ambassador, Robert Malley's office, and then this uh, aide at the Pentagon who works right in the special ops office. So, you know, our our most elite forces, she has direct access to. Is there enough attention to this? Has there been enough investigation? What should the Republican oversight committees do to escalate and find out whether we need a damage assessment here? Well, I think it's very important. I think on the House side, Mike McCall's done a lot of good work. I think on the Senate side, uh, Jim Risch, Tom Cotton, Ted Cruz, really a lot of people very active on this. You know, the the mainstream media, what a big surprise, uh, aren't covering it uh, very effectively. 
I think it's a kind of Alger Hiss situation. You know, back in the Cold War, when Hiss was accused of being a communist spy, the liberal establishment said, Alger Hiss can't be a communist spy. He he uh, was a student of Felix Frankfurter at Harvard Law School. He clerked for Oliver Wendell Holmes. He worked in the Roosevelt administration, but he was a communist spy. And they just couldn't believe it. They couldn't see it. They wouldn't uh, they wouldn't admit that it had happened. But we need to know what the facts are here. And uh, the fact that the administration has uh, just absolutely refused to uh, cooperate with Congress, they insist there's nothing wrong, even as not only have they suspended Malley's security clearance, he's teaching at Princeton and Yale this this fall. He's not uh, he's on leave from his from his federal job. So there's a lot there that we don't know about. I'm, I'm very worried what we do know may just be the tip of the iceberg. Yeah, I think that that's right. There's been uh, we've done a lot of reporting here, but it's hard to find it in the mainstream press other than what Jay did, which was a really great start to all of this. I want to take a look at Netanyahu himself. Former President Trump made a veiled sort of criticism of the Israeli leader. I think there's bigger questions just about what was now you can see kind of in plain view now looked like some training videos and stuff. Did Israel perhaps miss some signs? Did the U.S. intelligence miss some signs that this attack was underway? Yeah, look, I think this is intelligence failure for both Israel and the United States. Netanyahu is a very beleaguered politician now. Yes. I personally have known him and worked with him. I, uh, I'm, I'm an admirer. I think nobody knows the threat of Iran better than Bibi Netanyahu, but it's a difficult situation to be in. Uh, the the U.S. intelligence services were telling American reporters for the past month that uh, that they saw Intifada on the West Bank as a threat. Right. And I think that's where the Israeli intelligence services were as well. Whether they succumbed to uh, to false flags from uh, Hamas and Iran or or or, or whether whether it's uh, just a mistake uh uh, of their own capabilities, uh, no, nobody nobody can seriously say we knew this was coming or that right. Israel knew it was coming. There are always people after the fact who say, hey, I, I told you some, something big was going on, but it's not actionable. And, right. uh, you know, we, we don't have time to do it now, but uh, we need a serious review of how we miss this. We do and the Israelis do because we've missed this. There's no telling what else we're missing. Uh, that's such sage advice. Last piece, because it's something that has been recurring from the Biden administration. We didn't have a plan to evacuate Americans out of Afghanistan. There was an after action report just in April. They said that we're going to get this right next time. We're making reforms. And then this attack comes along. And I've talked to dozens and dozens of American Israelis who literally were called the State Department like you're on your own. Can't help you. How problematic is it the State Department doesn't have a rapid capability to evacuate Americans from harm's way under this president? Well, I, I think there's with definitely uh, steps have to be taken here. Look, the, the uh, major American airlines shut down flights into Ben-Gurion Airport, the main airport in, in Israel. Uh, we, we should have been planning, especially with a country like Israel, where there's so many Americans who have family or business interests there. People are there on tourism in the great historic sites. Uh, and we're we are caught completely unprepared again. So, uh, uh, you know, it's in it's in a it's in a it's in a place where there's a a good social interaction with the people. They're not caught out in the in, in remote areas, but it's obviously very dangerous. And uh, th- this is this is part of what we need to do is get Americans who have not yet been caught up by the war to get them out, as well as focusing on getting our own hostages out. I, I think we ought to have. We should have boots on the ground working with Israel. This can yes. be a joint operation. It could be a joint operation with Israel to get dual citizens and other American citizens and citizens of other nationalities out as well. The British are sending planes in. They already have. I, I don't are. think we've done anything near 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 enough at this point. Yeah, I think that's right. A lot of people saying that. Sir, it's always an honor to have you on. We always get clarity when we talk to you, and that's one of the great things. Thank you so much for joining us today. Glad to do it. Glad Thank to do you. it. All right, folks, don't go anywhere. When we come back, Victoria Coates, former Deputy National Security Advisor, we're going to follow John Bolton's interview with that. First, though, I want to welcome a new 
partner for Just the News, a new sponsor, a new advertiser. As you know, I've been really focused on my health, every aspect of my health, from weight loss to getting more vegetable and fruits in my diet, you name it. I've been trying to get healthier. And one of the things I focused on is heart health. I've had high blood pressure for a long time. I have a congenital condition that does cause my blood pressure to spike unnecessarily. And I've done the exercising, losing the weight thing. I take blood pressure pills. But recently, I've been taking a product that I think everyone should get to know, Super Beats. These are a proven, clinically proven supplement that actually helps your heart health. And Super Beats is now supporting us at Just the News and John Solomon Reports and Just the News, No Noise, the television show. Super Beats is the number one pharmacist-recommended beat brand for cardiovascular health support. A lot of people recommend it. It's got lots of great reviews. It's got clinical studies behind it. And I've been taking it for a few months, and I've noticed a greater stability in my blood pressure and a little bit lower. I'm down about three, four points from where my normal blood pressure pills go. So I've clinically been able to see this. I've been kind of interested. Some of my relatives are also taking it, some of my older relatives, younger relatives. So one of the things that the studies have showed is that these super beets, which come from beetroots, have antioxidants that have been clinically shown to be nearly two times more effective at promoting normal blood pressure than a healthy lifestyle alone. So exercise, good diet, that's important. Kick in these super beet heart shoes and you're feeling even better and you got even a better shot at keeping your blood pressure in the safety zone. And as you know, blood pressure destroys organs. So if you have a too high, it's a real danger. So right now, you can double your potential with Super Beats Heart Shoes and get a free 30-day supply of Super Beats Super Beats Heart Shoes and 15% off your first order. How about that? 30 free days and 15% off your first order. All you got to do is go to superbeats.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS. That's GetSuperBeats.com. GetSuperBeats.com. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS. All right, when we come back, Victoria Coates up next. Folks, Factors, delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan, plus veggie, and so much more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutritional-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious and easy. What are you waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. If you're like me and have a busy schedule, that the last thing you want to worry about is what to eat or having to go to the grocery store. Factor makes it easy. As they are flexible to your schedule, get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. Plus, Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat, usually in just two minutes. So there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Head to factormeals.com slash justnews50 and use the promo code justnews50 to get 50% off. That's the code justnews50 at factormeals.com. One more time, factormeals.com slash justnews50. Use the justnews50 code and you will get 50% off your first order. You know what, folks? Stress may be why you can't lose weight. If you've got moderate to high stress like I do, a doctor-formulated weight loss supplement called Lean could be your solution. Chronic stress wreaks havoc on blood sugar, which can cause your body to store excess fat. Stress can also slow your metabolism, which fuels weight gain. And you know all about stress eating and sugar cravings, right? Now the good news. The studied ingredients in Lean have been shown to help maintain healthy blood sugar levels, help optimize metabolism, and keep your appetite under control. Now, if your life is a bit stressful like mine and you want to lose weight, add Lean to your healthy diet and exercise lifestyle. Now get 15% off and free shipping at takelean.com. That's takelean.com and enter the promo code justnews15. That's the promo code justnews15 at takelean.com. One more time, takelean.com. Statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease, and it's not a substitute or alternative for care from a health care provider. Welcome back, America. Just a few hours ago, President Biden called the attacks on Israel by Hamas what they were, terrorism, pure evil. Uh, and he asked everyone to join together in supporting Israel. That's good. 
But of course, there's a big a gap between that statement today and the record of his party and quite frankly, the record of his presidency in coddling countries like Iran. Our next guest, and well, she's been monitoring this for years, has been strong on the issue of terrorism and uh, fighting uh, Iran. She is Victoria Coates, the vice president of foreign policy for the Heritage Foundation and uh, former deputy national security advisor. Victoria, great to have you back on the show. Thank you, John. Good to be, be with you both. No, we, it's a, a tough weekend to have watched those horrific images. I just want to get your top line. Obviously, President Biden came out very strong, maybe stronger than we're used to seeing him in embracing Israel, repudiating this sort of terrorism. But the history of the party and his own history on Iran, kind of part of the story, isn't it? Unfortunately, it is. And like you, I welcomed the president's strong words of support for our great ally, Israel. Uh, unfortunately, as you say, the track record just isn't there to match the rhetoric. And we have seen, I mean, first of all, just after the attacks happened on Saturday, we basically didn't see the president all day Sunday and all day Monday. They had a nice party at the White House and everybody took Monday off for the long weekend. That's nice. But guess who didn't take the Monday off? The terrorists who are holding Americans hostage and the Israelis who are trying to punish them. America needed to be on the job. Then he was an hour late, an hour plus late giving his remarks today. This is just, it's just sad. And then the most important thing is that since he's been in office, they've poured more than a billion dollars into the Palestinians and their attendant uh attended organizations like the United Nations to to fund them. And, and this is where that money is going. And then we can talk about the money going to Iran as well. That's what the, he's overseen. And that's what paid for this attack. Yeah. Well, and you brought up something that I think is, is pertinent to note, even though Jake Sullivan absolutely recoils at the notion that there is any connection between monies paid to Iran and what happened over the weekend in Israel. And I'm not just talking about the $6 billion on top of the prisoner exchange. I mean, the Biden administration effectively has refused to to sustain those sanctions against oil sales. They've been slinging, what, 2 million barrels a day out of Iran. I know that that's got to affect what's happening. And, and it's it's again, it's muddied messaging. No, it, it is. And Amanda, you really put your finger on it there. Uh, the, the $6 billion that was paid in ransom recently, is not, it's not what funded this particular attack. That's what they'll use to fund the next attack. Uh, but right. what has funded this attack is the tens of billions of dollars that have been pouring into Iran. Just look at their foreign currency reserve. It was $4 billion when we left office. It's now over $70 billion. So instead of being on the verge of default, they're fat and happy. They've got money in the bank, and this is what they're spending it on. And, oh, all that money, or all that oil, rather, is being sold over a million barrels a day to communist China. President Biden is not only providing revenues to the Islamic Republic of Iran. He is providing cheap energy to the world's largest polluter, communist China, none of which makes any sense. Yeah, it's a head scratcher. And yet we see climate change as a greater threat than nuclear war, at least according to the White House spokesman. I want to go, Victoria, to our own country and our own border. Seeing this coordinated attack, and it must have taken weeks or months to plan it because it was well uh, executed, uh, makes us wonder what other bad actors might be thinking of doing the same or inspired or doing the same or working in tandem with those who carried this out. How concerned are you that there might be Hamas cells or ISIS cells in America? Oh, we are horribly concerned. And, and maybe the biggest threat from that particular alphabet soup of terrorism is Hezbollah, because we know Hezbollah has been active in Latin America. They've carried out attacks against Jewish uh, targets in Argentina, for example. So they're they're here. And uh, if the notion that they haven't tried to cross the border in the last two and a half years is, is pretty disingenuous. So what's really interesting to me, John, is we're watching all of these uh, nasty little protests in solidarity with the Palestinians that have been happening. One happened in my home city of, of Philadelphia. One was in New York. Uh, there have been others. This is literally uh, Palestinian supporters showing us as the United States that they're here. Uh, and you can only imagine what else has crept across the border if these are the folks who are coming out publicly and and protesting. And so it's kind of a veiled threat, if you think about it, that, that we're here 
And if you guys step up uh, support too much for Israel, we're going to attack. And you notice the president did raise the possibility of the domestic terror t- attack today in his remarks. But he said it was fine. We were going to be talking to local law enforcement. He said nothing about the border. He said nothing about trying to track the, the known folks that are, that are here from suspect countries. And he said nothing about shutting it down. Mm. Victoria, I wanted to ask you about some of these um coded terms, I guess, that that Democrats use. I saw earlier today, or maybe it was yesterday, uh, Senator Ed Markey in Massachusetts held a a Unity for Israel uh, rally or or event, and he mentioned de-escalation and was very aggressively booed. But these conversations about ceasefire and de-escalation always, as it pertains to Israel, you don't see that same type of language with the Ukraine situation. Why Why is that always the case with Israel when we have seen all of these atrocities committed over the last 72 hours? And with this conversation, this notion of, of a ceasefire that Israel is expected just to just sit there and not retaliate. Exactly. And it's it's shameful. So the first messaging that came out of the administration came out of the State Department Office of Palestinian Affairs. Uh, and I'm not sure why you want to have one of those, but they do. And this this is the group that put out the first statement, which called for restraint, ceasefire, prevent uh, civilian uh, casualties. This or yeah, casualties or injuries. This is while people were still screaming, running in fear for their lives. This was put out. Now it was clawed back, but somebody in the administration thought that was a good idea. And then yesterday, Secretary Blinken put out a tweet saying the same thing, that he was supportive of Turkey's call for a ceasefire. So in other words, Israel should endure this catastrophic terrorist attack, which also took the lives of numerous Americans. Americans are held hostage, as well as Israelis. And and what we're supposed to just take that and, and, and be concerned about the lives of the people who did the slaughter, it's absolutely ridiculous. What you want to hear out of folks like Senator Markey is full-throated support for Israel, that the United States Congress will be as supportive as historically it has been. And oh, by the way, you know, as we're going to be talking about this, this situation with Ukraine, bear in mind, we're at 113 billion for Ukraine already, and they've got 24 that they're going to ask for. So getting us close to 150 over the, that's over 18 months, over the entire 75 years of Israel's existence, our assistance to Israel has been 150 billion. So I, I really think those who are arguing now that these situations are exactly equivalent and anything you give to Israel, you have to also give to Ukraine, really just don't understand the history of this. Yeah, that's a good mm-hmm. point. Um, Victoria, we've got about a minute left. Uh, the next phase of the war, you've got a ground attack inside Gaza, and then you have to watch for things like just happened. Uh, Lebanon launched some uh, rockets in from Hezbollah. A little bit ago, Syria just launched some rockets. There's a lot of uh, complexity in the next phase of this war. Talk about that real quickly, if you could. Yeah, from the from the reporting that we've seen, the, Iran's master plan is to, quote unquote, strangle Israel, to have attacks come in from West Bank, from Lebanon in the north, and then also from, from Gaza so that Israel will be, ha- be fighting a three-front war. That's, a, you know, it's a real problem. It's a challenge to the missile defense systems. And that's why the United States has to be ready with the supplies that Israel needs. All right, folks, we've got one more great guest coming. Yitz Friedman and the harrowing tale of how his honeymoon ended with the Hamas attack in Israel and what he tried to do to get home and what little help he got from the Biden State Department. An amazing story. You won't want to miss it. It has echoes of Afghanistan all over again. Yitz Friedman, communications manager for the American Accountability Foundation, is going to join us in a second. Hey, a quick shout out, as you know. Talking about health, healthy Thursdays are important, right? Actually, every day is important to try to pursue a better, healthy lifestyle. I mentioned Super Beats earlier. Another thing I've been using every day in my master bedroom, and my wife and I just appreciate it so much now, the Enviro Cleanse Air Purifier. That's right. If you go to ekpure.com, you can get an air purifier unlike any other in the country. It is unique. It's so good that hospitals and the U.S. Navy use it to purify air in their very important environments. I've been using mine for several months. My allergies have really been far less severe this year. I'm breathing better. The cat litter doesn't smell. I'm more protected, I think, a little bit better from viruses like the flu and COVID and other important diseases that float around in the air. I am an absolute believer about environment cleanse. In fact, I'm thinking of buying a second one now to put it at my cabin. I think you should go check them out. Go to ekpure.com slash justnews. 
ekpure.com, ekpure.com slash just news. You're going to get a discount if you use the just news promo code. You're going to get a free ear monitor that will show you the improvement of the air once you start deploying the EnviroCleanse in your house, in your bedroom, wherever you want to put it. And you're going to get free fast shipping so that you can get this device up and running quickly. And one of the great things, the master air cleaner filter lasts a whole two years. It's got special minerals in it. It is really remarkable. It's hard to find an air cleaner that goes two years without needing a change. That's pretty cool too. I'm a huge fan as I am of Superbeat. So go check out EnviroCleanse. Check it out at ekpure.com slash justnews. That promo code justnews is going to get you a big percentage off as well as free shipping, fast shipping, and a free air monitor so you can check the quality of air in your house and see the changes that EnviroCleanse brings over time. It's made a huge difference in my house. All right, folks, Yitz Friedman and the harrowing tale of escape from Israel and the Hamas war right after these messages. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up. Plus interest and penalties. You need Tax Network USA and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS, they know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited time IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash justnews. That's tnusa.com slash justnews. Folks, Field of Greens is the healthiest thing I do every day, and I want you on this journey with me. Why? It's literally one scoop a day. It tastes great. I love the fruit flavors particularly, and it's completely improved my life and my health. This is nutrition the way nature intended. When I began taking a hard look at why I wasn't feeling good and why I felt unhealthy, why I was gaining weight, why I was losing energy, it wasn't just because I had hit my 50s. No, it was because I wasn't getting the right amount of fruit and vegetables in my diet. And listen, it's, I'm just too busy to go to the store, clean up the vegetables, cook a, a vegetable dinners, and make sure I hit the fruit. A field of greens stepped in. One scoop of powder in my drink or on my eggs in the morning, and boom, I was off and feeling better. And suddenly, I was losing weight. I was sleeping better. My metabolism went up. My blood sugar went down. My cholesterol went down, and my weight went down. And my doctor said, hey, whatever you're doing, keep it doing. You know what that is? It's Field of Greens. That's what I've been doing. Field of Greens is radically different. Each organic fruit and vegetable was medically chosen to support heart and vital organ health. I trust Field of Greens to keep me healthy. I promise you, you're going to love this product. But if for any reason you don't, they'll give you 100% money back guarantee. Now, you're going to get 15% off your first order plus free rush shipping because of the incredible partnership we have here at Just the News with Brick. House Nutrition, and, of course, Field of Greens. All you got to do to take advantage of this offer, visit fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Don't wait. Go to fieldofgreens.com today. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS for 15% off. All right, folks, welcome back for the commercial break. Yesterday on this show here on John Solomon Reports, you heard not from one, but two consecutive people inside Congress, two lawmakers in Congress who said the Biden administration did it all over again. First, they did it in Afghanistan. They failed to rescue Americans in harm's way during the fall of Afghanistan to the Taliban. And then over these first four or five days during the Hamas war on Israel, a similar situation occurred. You heard their outrage. You heard their frustration. You heard their disbelief and how disinterested the Biden State Department particularly seemed in trying to mount a rescue of Americans directly in harm's way. Remember, at least 18 Americans have been killed 
by Hamas and many others captured. So the threat was real. Well, our next guest was right in the middle of that incredible, harrowing drama. He's a communications manager for the American Accountability Foundation, and he had to escape on his own from Israel and get back home because his government couldn't help him. He is Yitz Friedman, and he joins us right now. Yitz, great to have you home safe in America, but I know it wasn't easy. Oh, yeah. It was uh, quite a journey, but um, I'll tell you, you never love to be back in New York City like I am right now, you know? It's great to be back. We are grateful that you are safe, and we're so sorry for the journey. I know you and your wife had quite a thing, and I, I just want to remind people, because a lot of people may not be, because the media is not covering this very well, almost every other country that has a good relationship with Israel took enormous efforts to make sure that their citizens could get out quickly because it was obvious that Israelis and Westerners were at grave danger from these Hamas terrorists. So Poland and Hungary and Romania and Great Britain and Canada, they all sent vehicles, planes and other things to make sure their citizens would be safe, but not the Biden administration. Tell us what you went through, Yitz. Uh, Well, me and my wife decided that, uh, you know, this past month has been the Jewish high holidays and, you know, Jewish high holidays uh, kind of cap off with a week of holidays, one long week long holiday called the uh, Sukkot. And, you know, we've, uh, we were just married and we decided it'd be a good idea to you know have our honeymoon there in, in Israel on Sukkot. Um, it's always a fun time. There's always a lot of celebrations, a lot of happiness. We'll dancing in the street all night long. Um, it's just really beautiful. Um, we got there and it, and it was at the beginning. I mean, it was, it was fantastic. And we spent some time in Jerusalem, you know, Spending you know late nights out trying all the uh, you know Jerusalem's famous street food um, and the dancing at night and everything. Um, and then um, for for on Saturday for Shabbat, which is you know we have every week where we, we kind of uh, unplug, uh, we don't touch the phones, we don't touch any electricity, anything like that. Uh, we decided to stay with some people in, uh, in a little village near Jerusalem, um, but a little bit more closer to uh, kind of the Palestinian. Uh, Palestinian villages. Um, that that Saturday was Shabbat. It was also the last day of the uh, the Sukkot holiday, which is the day where we celebrate um, the Torah, where we celebrate the five books of Moses. We literally take out the scrolls, we literally take them out, and we just dance and sing with them. Um, but on Saturday, we were not able to do that in our village. Um, in the middle of the prayers. The rabbi got up and he announced to the entire synagogue that anyone who is a reservist needs to go home and check their phones, see what their orders are, because war has broken out. And he announced, as for everybody else, the synagogue is closed. Everyone go home to your houses, lock the doors, close the windows. Um, basically, COVID-style lockdowns all over again. No gatherings, nothing like that. Everyone needs to go home. It's a very dangerous situation. Oh, what an end to your honeymoon. My goodness gracious, that sounds harrowing. So you now know that there's a danger, and it's a danger that's going to be long-lasting, right? War doesn't happen in a few hours. It keeps going on. Natural thing for an American citizen is, because we've all been taught this since the days we got our passport, call the embassy and see if they can help you. What reaction did you get to it when you tried to reach out for help in the United States? Right. So, you know, we were, we were looking forward to leaving um, our, our ticket that we already had planned. Um, Sunday, our ticket was canceled. And so, like you said, we did, you know, the natural thing for an American citizen trapped in a, uh, in a scary situation. We called, we called our embassy there. We called, you know, our government. Um, when I called them, they were very cold. They were dismissive. Um, and they basically told me, uh, go online and uh, check out the flights yourself. And they were just, you know, I could tell from their tone that they were, it almost sounded like they were confused as to why I was even calling them. Here, I, I called them and I said, I'm an American citizen, I'm not an Israeli citizen, I'm an American citizen. I'm here, my flight was just canceled, I'm stuck here, I'm with my wife, I need to get home, can you please help me? And they essentially said, like, they didn't, like that, it kind of was absurd to them, they didn't get that. And, you know, like you mentioned earlier, all these other countries were sending in airplanes to evacuate their citizens almost immediately. I mean, Poland, Serbia, Mexico, Brazil, just the list goes on. And, you know, I never thought I'd be in a position where I would be jealous of people who are Polish or people who are Mexican, that their government does a better job taking care of them than my government as an American. I always thought it was the other way around. It is mind-numbing, but we've seen this once before, right? Just two summers ago, 
We saw the failure of the Biden administration to mount a rescue effort, not only for the interpreters and those who helped the Afghan natives, who helped Americans who we knew were going to be in enormous danger, but even our own American citizens. I was helping people get out using my military contacts because our government wasn't. You would think after the shame and, and the after action reviews that this time the United States would be ready, but it seems like they were just as ill-prepared, and, and some people have used the word disinterested. How shocking is it to you that after the alleged lessons learned in Afghanistan that we would have a deja vu all over again moment? You know, it's, it's, it's horrible, but like, you know, it's hard to say that's shocking at this point with the Biden administration. I mean, they have just demonstrated repeatedly a, a just, a, a, you know, like you say, disinterest in the, like what regular people are going through. You know, they're always focusing on these other things and those other big projects, and they don't really seem to care about, like, just the regular American. And, you know, going back to Afghanistan, this, this administration and, you know, the left in general seems to just have a serious problem with accountability. They, they do these things, total disasters, and then they just go do it again because they're not held accountable. You know, it's like some people don't know this, but in 2021, the left blocked consideration of a bill to put sanctions on Hamas. They blocked it. It was ready to go, and it blocked it. And now look what happened. Now, is any member of the left who helped block that bill going to be man enough to come forward now and say we were wrong? No, because there's no accountability. They're just going to make excuses, and they're just going to be cowards about it. You look at the way the Biden administration has been dealing with Iran. Is anyone from the Biden administration going to be man enough to say we messed this up, we should not have done this? Of course not, because there's no accountability with this administration. It is really remarkable. So... You go to your embassy, which is what we're taught to do. You get the Heisman, right? No, we don't have time to talk to you. Good luck. How do you ultimately, how do you and your new, brand new bride, how do you ultimately get home? Well, that's the really amazing thing where we were in the situation where President Biden had uh, basically abandoned us and told us to fend for ourselves. And we were only able to get out thanks to something that President Trump did. The only, you know, the, the only reasonable tickets that we were able to find were tickets to the United States on Emirates Airlines to Dubai. Isn't that amazing? The Abraham Accords growth of uh, business relations between those two countries, that's amazing. Yeah, not only that, not only was it with Dubai, we were flying over Saudi airspace and getting the Saudi Arabia's permission to have Israeli airlines flying over Saudi airspace was one of the biggest accomplishments of the Abraham Accords. If not for the Abraham Accords, if not for the Trump Abraham Accords, I do not know how I would have been able to get home. That is truly amazing. I know you probably know this and you probably have contacts back there. How many Americans are still trapped and frustrated? And what's the level of danger for Americans there with these terrorists on the ground? Um, I actually just spoke to a friend whose who's dad is back there. He's an older man um, that is really trying to figure it out. There are probably thousands back there. I can't start to estimate, um, you know, this, this time of year, these holidays. That's right. It's probably the time where the most popular time. Exactly. You know, probably tens of thousands. Americans have gone to Jerusalem to, to Israel to celebrate. And, you know, the fact that the Biden administration can't even tell us how many Americans are there, that itself kind of tells you the whole story. They don't know and they don't care. And it's not really that hard because we have a database system with passport scans, so we should know, right? But Exactly. Yeah, I know Congress was there. Yesterday, Congress was told, trust us in the next 24, 48 hours, we'll get something going. But that's about five days, six days too late. Really is remarkable. Several members have been on this show. They all have had a very pointed frustration about this very episode. It's deja vu all over again from Afghanistan. Having lived through it, having had that harrowing experience, what advice would you give to Congress to try to pressure the State Department, pressure the Biden administration to do what they should have done naturally just because it's their job? As you look back and you reflect on it, what is the pressure point that Congress should apply to these agencies that not only let you down, but have let thousands of Americans down in Israel? Well, I think Congress, and especially the House of Representatives, they're in a very uh, unique position. You know, I worked in, you know, some House offices, and there's a, there's a, there's a much closer uh, connection that have members of the House of Representatives have their constituents. It's relatively, um, you know, it's relatively normal for just a regular constituent to be able to reach out to their, to their, to their congressmen and be able to get some help. And this gives them the opportunity to have these real-life stories. You know, the actual constituents who are stuck in Israel or stuck in Ukraine or stuck in Afghanistan and be able to go to the administration and say, these are the people 
that, you know, and they have names and they have stories and they're there right now and we're not going to shut up until you do something about this. Um, there's another thing also was that the American Airlines, um, not the airline, American Airlines, all the airlines of the United States of America were the first, they were the first to suspend the travel to Israel. And considering that how much money, how much taxpayer dollars these airlines have received in bailouts, for them to just abandon all American citizens here is just disgusting. And I think that Congress can really tell these airlines, if you want to keep getting these bailouts, you're really going to have to do a better job being more patriotic and really looking out for the good of American citizens who, you know, whose money you're taking as these bailouts. Yeah, it is remarkable. I want to ask you about one other thing because it has been decades in the making, certainly a decade in the making, maybe a little bit longer than that. The rise of anti-Semitism, the rise of an embrace of Iran and Hamas and other terrorist groups by the political left in specifically some members of Congress, you're there trapped. You're watching and seeing unspeakable horrors occur to Israeli and American citizens. You're seeing hostages taken. You're seeing extraordinary violence. And as you're trying to escape to get home to the land of the free in America, there are members of Congress suggesting this is Israel's fault. There are a State Department suggesting that Israel really shouldn't retaliate, even though it's the unspoken rule of diplomacy that a country always has the right to defend itself from violence. Your own government was making, at least in the form of Democrats in Congress, and in some cases the State Department Palestinian Affairs Office, were making comments that seemed to be embracing the bad actors not the victim that was Israel and the American citizens there. When you're going through that and you're already under the duress of this moment, what does it feel like to know that there are members of Congress and members of the State Department that seem to be either implicitly or directly embracing the bad people, not the good people? Uh, it's terrifying. I mean, it's just terrifying. If, if you see a video of, you know, of an of elderly person being murdered, if you see a video of a woman being taken captive and you know, being paraded in the streets like we all saw, if you see that video and your reaction is, I need more context, then how do we even have a conversation? What, what does that even mean? The fact that people would have that mindset where they see these horrific acts and they say, well, there's a bigger context. It's just horrific. These are the people that you know, we should trust to look after us. It seems like it's really you know, the, uh, the triumph of this Marxist mindset where like, everything has like, this bigger cosmic context, this secular religious kind of way. Um, it's, it's terrifying. There's such a thing as right and such a thing as wrong. And murdering people is wrong, period. That's what we heard. You know, that's what we got in the Torah that we were celebrating just on that Saturday. You know, do not murder. Simple as that. You don't need context for that. Yeah, it really is. It is really remarkable. For those left behind, because they are Israeli citizens there to defend their country or Americans who've chosen to stay or, or still haven't found a route out like you did, what is the next few days going to be like, particularly when the ground incursion by Israeli forces begins? Well, it's, you know, it's, it's very scary right now. I, I, you know, it's, people, are, people are scared. People are really scared. And it, it doesn't look good from that perspective. But I just want to submit that I think things just might really turn around. And I think that we just might see real miracles in the Middle East, the same way we saw in the Six-Day War. I think we might just see massive victories by the Israelis over Hamas. And I say that because, you know, I'm a, I'm a Jewish person. I, I have faith in God, and I believe that God is protecting us. But I also see the spirit of the Israeli people. You know, in the village I was at, as soon as you know, the war broke out, and, um, you know, the, uh, all the men, all the grown men had to go to war, you had this, this spirit of just patriotism and, and people looking out for each other. You know, and it wasn't just adults, it was, it was teenagers. There was this, you know, this group of teenage boys, probably ages 15, 16, 17, who basically just started taking responsibility for things in the village. It was really unbelievable. They, they check in on all the families who's there, you know, as a father who's at war, make sure they have everything they need. Um, there was actually a, a woman who, in the village, who was supposed to get married that day in a, in a hall somewhere outside the village. But since the village was locked down, um, you know, she couldn't. And, you know, this, the community came together. They made this potluck wedding. Everyone in the community made a dish. They came together. Um, these, you know, these teenage boys, you know, this, these, you know, these Boy Scouts, they volunteered to be the waiters at the wedding. And, you know, even though, uh, you know, I have this picture where uh, the best man under the canopy by the wedding has an M16 on his shoulder, but it was still a beautiful wedding. It's just amazing. So I think that that spirit 
is really going to come through and we're going to see Israelis at their best. And so I just want to submit that there is a optimistic outlook here. I think that we just might see tremendous miracles, just like the Six Day War. Yeah, we saw it in America after 9-11. And I think we've already seen some signs of that among the extraordinary people of Israel, as well as Israeli Americans. I, I have never I've been touched more than the story of Aryeh Ziering, the 27-year-old Israeli American who stayed behind, picked up his arms, was killed in the early fighting. His parents, their love for him, but also his love for Israel and his American patriotism contributing to his military service in Israel, those are inspirations that I think in dark days keep us going. And I think his story, among many others in the media, are a reminder that Israelis and Americans are an extraordinary resilient people. And um, uh, we are just so grateful, Yitz, that you are safe, that you got home in spite of your government. And I hope our government and those who are its overseers in Congress make some serious corrections because we clearly didn't learn the lessons from Afghanistan and we've had a repeat of it. But it sure is good to have you safe on U.S. soil, you and your new bride. Well, thank you so much. It's great to be here and it's good to talk to you, John. It's good to have been. Thank you for sharing your story. It's very educational. We're going to learn a lot from it. So we're so grateful. All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports. A big thank you to our guests, John Bolton, Victoria Coates, and Yitz Friedman. So much to think about in this harrowing and really consequential war in Israel that Hamas started. And Israel is trying to end so many questions for the Biden administration. So many questions for Benjamin Netanyahu. So many questions for the future of the Middle East at stake in this very big thing. And so a big thanks to the guests. Also, two quick reminders. If you want to take advantage of the Super Beats Heart Chews, which I'm just becoming a huge fan of, all you got to do today is go to GetSuperBeats.com. GetSuperBeats.com. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS. You're going to get a free 30-day supply plus 15% off. That is a darn good deal. So go do that today. And also, if you want to take advantage of the EnviroCleanse Air Cleaner like I do in my master bedroom, this is a game changer. I'm going to buy another one for my cabin now because I'm just so impressed by this. Go to ekpure.com, ekpure.com slash justnews or use the promo code justnews at checkout. Big percentage off as well as free fast shipping. And one more good thing. I like this a lot. You get an air quality monitor so you can see the improvement of the air in your home once you start deploying the EviroCleanse air cleaner. So those are two great partners of Justin News. Go support them. And in the process, make your life, your home healthier. That's what Super Beats and EviroCleanse are about. All right. We'll be back tomorrow with regular programming. Until then, God bless you and God bless this extraordinary country of the United States. You've been listening to John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News. Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out higher than expected again, just like we've been predicting. Friends, this isn't going away anytime soon. It can't. The U.S. is $34 plus trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher, whether it's at the grocery cart or at the gas store. So you can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. All you got to do to get started, text Just News to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation. The way to do it with gold. All you got to do to get started on that journey with my good friend who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group. Text Just News to 989898 98 98 right now.